me. What did you just say? What is coming out of your mouth, young man? The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Believe it. This is the place. Don't we have to put the media to stand in line? No ticket to buy, no paper to sign. You found it. This is the place. That's right, my friends. This is the place. Take 12 Recovery Radio, where we're broadcasting to you via the internet worldwide. The topic this week. What's coming out of your mouth? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We're going to be talking about that with our friend Anthony on the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. This is the place where we wear no mask. That's right, my friends. You have tuned into the world's original recovery talk and positive music radio station, Take 12 Recovery Radio, here at the studio of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. And right there, that little guy right there, that's our mascot. That's that's the real Monty Man. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, you're missing out. Right? Right, Anthony? They're, miss, right. they're missing out. If you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, simply go to youtube.com forward slash Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, and you can subscribe there for fun and for free. Of course, if you want to download this show on our YouTube channel, then you have to do the paid thing with YouTube. Uh, you can download all of our shows, by the way, by going to take12radio.com and clicking on a listen or follow us on Podomatic. And uh, once you're there, you can download the, the app for Android or iOS um, or not download the app and just click on the download button and you can download the shows and play the show. So like I said, the topic this week is what's coming out of your mouth. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, you know, what, what are the things that we say that can either hinder or help our recovery? Uh, we do want to give a shout out to Denver. He is he's not feeling real good, um, but sitting sitting in his chair is Cecil the Golden Gnome. And Cecil the Golden Gnome always loves to introduce the weekly wine. And now it's time <laughs> for the Monty Man's Weekly Wine. <laughs> That's right. Because he always has something to whine about. Stop crying. Okay. Thank you, Cecil. Well, 
<clears throat> yes, I do. Let's let's move him and his sensitive ears out of the way, shall we? Um, Anthony, do you know what a proper English table setting consists of? Have you ever uh, thought about that? <laughs> do you care? Uh, <laughs> I remember how I was taught to set the table right? as a kid, but right. I'm not sure if that was proper English either. I know that, you know... Forks on one side, spoons and knives on the yeah. other, and and a plate in the middle. And if 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 you had uh, multiple like uh, the entree, that all that, then uh, then there was a little plate on top of the big plate. But yeah, I, no, I'm not sure. I get the YouTube thing isn't letting me do it right. But anyway, so uh, typically, right? This is one. There's actually many versions. This is the most popular. Um, so you have a table setting, you have the plate, the dinner plate in the middle. Um, many times you have a salad plate on top of the dinner plate, right? right. right? So the, the setting is, is such to where you use the utensils and the tools in the order that the food would come or the courses would come. So the salad plate, I mean, if there's soup, there's a soup bowl, then there's mm -hmm. a salad plate under the soup bowl, and then the dinner plate. So the soup might come first, um, and, and then the salad, and then, of course... So you're taking things away, right, as you're eating the courses. As, as you're finishing them, yeah. Yeah. So from left to right, you have, first of all, you have a, you might have what is called an oyster oyster fork, okay. which is like three to two prong fork. The a little min, tiny the mini thing. one, right? Yeah, a little yeah. mini one, right. Okay. And then you'd have a salad fork, which that's, is. That's also three prong though, isn't it? Um, can be, but it's, but it's shorter. It's right? shorter it's than the dinner one. fork. Yeah. Then you have the dinner fork. For your meat. Right. The utensils on the right, um, going from far right to left, would be the soup spoon on the outside, a salad knife, which is shorter than a, the dinner knife, just as the salad fork. I didn't know there was such a I thing as a salad I did not know that knife. either. I did not know that either. Um, and, and Well, it, you know, in, in, in European countries, many of the salads are wedges. And so you're cutting. Oh, okay. The, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then you have the dinner knife. Uh, on the top left, you have the bread plate with a bread knife. Uh, on the top right, you have the water glass, um, upper top right, and then lower top right, you have a wine goblet. Okay. And then in the middle, above the plate, you would have dessert utensils. That's a lot of dishes. To I know, right? <laughs> That's not my wine, however. I just thought that was that was. I was curious about that, um, but in I don't know how long this has been going on. And I, I think it's probably definitely in the last couple of years. I don't remember it being older than that. But this tradition that restaurants have taking the knife, fork, and the spoon and wrapping them so tightly you're strangling the utensils in a paper napkin and then a piece of paper tape around yeah, that yeah right and unless you have long fingernails you can't open the silly thing without ripping the napkins apart you you don't get cloth napkins anymore mm. or you don't and you don't get napkins that are worth a darn you always no. have to ask for i, I always ask for napkins. like a, a big stack because I'm, I'm a messy eater so yeah yeah most of us enjoy our food are messy eaters yeah. Um, but that stinking thing, they bring it to you, and it's like, really? 
I mean, I guess it's a sanitary thing, maybe. I don't know. That's a lot of touching in the napkins, though, to wrap those utensils. But I, I'm just like, it, it's such a pain in the neck. Yeah. I don't like it, so I'm whining about it. What do you think? Anything to add um, to that? Yeah, no. The only <laughs> problem I have with it uh, is they always come with that just... And it seems like the one they bring you that, that your utensils are wrapped in is yeah. it's a it's a thin napkin and it's it's, it's only really, one I know you know and so I always end up having to ask for more napkins yeah and, it, and not always but more often than not right especially if it's like at the end of the day right the waitress kind of like oh, okay I know they're and very frustrated like, yeah <laughs> I just want some more napkins you know I didn't I didn't ask for your firstborn. <laughs> And what happened? What happened to not tipping when the service was bad? Why do you feel like you have to tip even when it's bad service? I go out to eat quite often with uh, a friend that uh, if uh, when we order coffee or something, yeah, if the if the waitress walks by more than once, yeah, and our coffee cups are empty, yeah, he's like, All right, that's a dollar off the tip, and then. And there's been a couple of times, I, I think a couple of times, where we leave and there is no tip because right. you know, we we were asked you know what we wanted to eat and then greeted on the way out the door. Well, I, I guess uh, originally tips were given first, and that's actually what it stands for, to ensure prompt service, T-I-P-S. Oh. So that would ensure you the prompt service. So like like if you're at a hotel, you give the bellboy, you give him money before he ever takes you up to your room. Right. Right. And that ensures it, right? I've never um, stayed at a fancy hotel like I, that. Though. I I have, but it's always been paid for by somebody else. But <laughs> um I, I've never I've never felt like like I had to not go out to dinner unless I could afford a good tip. Some people will not go out to dinner unless they can afford a good tip. I, I don't feel obligated to do that. I will I will well, tip, right? So, but I'm not going to tip somebody who's giving you rotten service or doesn't right. show up. Well, like, I know that in, I think it's this way, in other states, like their mm -hmm. minimum wage is, is not what it is here in Oregon. No. And so like a lot of those waitress or wait staff rely on tips yeah but survive. is that my fault no 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 but i think especially here in oregon yeah you know they're getting min they're getting quite a bit of money anyways and so i i don't think that here in oregon they're as relying on their tips but so maybe that's not maybe there's not so much incentive for them to work as maybe i you know i i know years ago when i lived in otumwa iowa uh i was guest services director for a holiday in there and they didn't even get paid. Their tips were their pay. And the government, of course, would would tax, you know, they would estimate what their tips were and they would tax them for it. So the, the, the restaurant didn't have to pay them. Wow. Because it was all based on the tips. Now, I'm sure the laws have changed since then. But, right. But uh, I, I can see where that could be very frustrating. But it, it's not, if you choose that profession, that's not on me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We can get it all. I I can get very snobbish when it comes to tipping. <laughs> I think if you if you go above and, and beyond and you're polite mm -hmm. and you're courteous, especially in a job that can wear on you like mm -hmm. that, yeah. right? I think you deserve a, a little bit more than mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I don't know that it should be divided up amongst everybody. If you're the one doing all the work, but, oh, is that something that happens? Well, usually they give some to the cook, some to the busboy, some to the waitress. 
which is only fair if everybody's working together as a team well. But how do you know that? I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I, I don't know. That's a whole. I never thought about that, that they would have to divide the tips. Should people in recovery tip? That should be a show, right? <laughs> is, is that, does integrity Ooh, demand yeah. that? I don't know. I would imagine so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably going to get yelled at. Um, okay. So, but we like to have a balance on this show, right? Right. As far as winning and whining. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, now that your whining is all done, it's time to say something positive. It's time for the weekly win. Yay. Uh, Jump up and down. Yay. <laughs> Wee. Okay. So if you're watching on YouTube, there's Cecil sitting there in Denver's chair with his own microphone, unable to jump up and down because Cecil's a golden gnome, and golden gnomes don't usually move, but they do talk, evidently. We have a little we bit have, of a chatty Kathy over there. Lost our minds. All right. Uh the weekly win. All right. I gotta give a, a really healthy shout out. I'm gonna I'm going I don't know how you deem something your sister whatever, like your sister town or your you know, um your sister company on the other side of, of the country or whatever. But I'm going to I don't know how that's determined. But I'm going to deem these guys our sister recovery radio station. Now, hey, you guys over there, you don't have to do that yourself with us, but I'm going to do it with you because I think the world of you, I'm talking about uh, the the folks over at Clean and Sober Radio. Um, And these guys, this is on the East Coast. Um, These guys are amazing. Hmm. Uh, they they really are. And so live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Gary and Mark talk about the disease of addiction and discuss addiction, addiction's effects on the family, friends, and society at large. But most importantly, they talk about recovery. Yeah. And they give, they give lots of shout-outs to people that are responding live on Facebook. Uh, you can visit their website at cleanandsoberbroadcasting.com. And you can subscribe by clicking on the podcast link at the top of their page. Um, there also, we have put their link on our recovery resource page as well. Clean and Sober Radio. This is Gary and Mark. Please check them out. Uh, they're on um, they're on talk radio over there uh, on the East Coast. And they, whenever I text them, they always give us a shout out. Nice. So I just wanted to, to say that is a win. These guys are yeah. doing great work. Of course, both of us are broadcasting worldwide because we're broadcasting internet, whether we're on the East Coast mm. or the West Coast. But they've got kind of the, the East Coast tied up as far as recovery radio. We've got the West Coast tied up uh, as far as recovery radio. There are lots of other podcasters and radio programs now these mm. days. Yeah. Um, that are that are also uh, tying things up well. Uh, we don't have time to um, express our gratitude to every one of them, but thank you to each and every one of them. And people like Gary and Mark are doing a phenomenal job. So that's every Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to your Facebook page, look up Clean and Sober Radio, and uh, you can comment and you can call in as well. Good job, guys. Excellent, excellent to broadcasting. And uh, excellent guests over there, too. Um, the other win I have is Big Town Hero. <laughs> Evidently, 
Uh, Ev- maybe. Probably not. <laughs> we had an effect on Big Town Hero. Did? They have brought back the foot-long sub sandwich. Oh. Yes. They have brought it back, and they deserve an applause, I think, for doing that. Good job, Big Town Hero. Did they bring back the meat? <laughs> well... A little overkill there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, went in there. They had the meat. They had the bread. And surprise, no more small sandwiches only. Right? Oh, They're back great. to the foot long. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I'm telling you, the power of the spoken word. You whine about it, sometimes you get your way. So. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to last week's show. Uh, in the archives called uh, Anthony's story uh, where we where I whine specifically about Big Town Hero uh, discontinuing their footlong sub um, well it's back awesome. so you know when you're wrong you're wrong and when you're right you deserve to be righted righted? I don't know sounds, okay. sounds <laughs> correct yeah righted righted alright okay, uh, we're going to take a short break uh, and listen to a little thingy bobber here about um walking through the big book and then we'll come back with the topic what's coming out of your mouth is what you're saying helping or hindering your recovery and what about the recovery of people around you we'll be talking about that don't go away we'll be right back let's walk through the big book Join Chris Schroeder and the Monty Man for this in-depth journey through the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous. As one of the most sought-after circuit speakers in the world of the 12 steps, Chris will be walking us through line by line, page by page, of this wonderful book that has meant so much to so many people who have recovered from the disease of alcoholism. If you've never studied the big book, or even if you have but would like a new, refreshing approach, join us here at Take12Radio.com for an exciting, educational, and spiritual look into a plan for living that can be applied and implemented into the lives of anyone who is willing to recover from alcoholism. To get your copy of Walking Through the Big Book, as well as many other recovery workshops produced here at KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, visit us at Take12Radio.com and click on Recovery Workshops. Hi, this is Laura C., and you've tuned in to Take12Radio.com on your internet dial, the home of recovery, talk radio, and positive music. Hey, it's the Monty Man with a question for you. Why not take us on the go? You can download our app for iOS or Android by simply visiting us at Take12Radio.com and click on Follow Me on Podomatic. And if you're really old school, Check us out on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash M-O-N-T-Y-M-E-Y-E-R. This is the place. All right, welcome back to the show. This is the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, the world's original recovery talk and positive music radio station and podcast broadcasting to you and for you. From the outskirts of beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon, via the internet worldwide. All right. Remember the childhood phrase, Anthony? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
Yeah, I remember, remember that? that. Yeah. What a crock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Words. Words do hurt. And uh, it was supposed to be our defense against bullies and a response when people said mean things to us. Our parents thought that would protect us, but unfortunately, they were wrong. They were wrong. Uh, I am not saying that I necessarily prefer a good beating <laughs> physically, um, but I will tell you, um, I got beat up a few times when I was growing up, and uh, the sting of that went away. Yeah. Some of the stuff that was spoken to me in word took years to get over yeah, some of the things that uh that that i heard as a kid i still you know yeah so what were some of the things you heard uh i was i was uh my my intelligence was often uh downgraded yeah put down a lot and uh yeah what's wrong with you yeah there's one so it made you feel less than yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and your self esteem was, you know, thwarted, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, were you ever compared to other people? Mm. Why can't you be like any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was intentional, but yeah, I right. was. Uh, there was a, a friend. That had uh, a, a child who was uh, like she excelled at everything, mm -hmm. and uh, that w I was always you know like you, know, you could you could do like like so and so and sure and, uh, no no I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a teacher that that compared me to another student in the class who um, w was of Oriental nationality. Mm. And I guess today it would be considered a statement of racism on her part. Right. But she uh, she would tell the class, you know, don't you see the example of these people from the Orient? Look how smart they are. You mm. can take a lesson from them. Why can't you be more like them? Why can't you be mm. more like so-and-so, you know? And, and she would point out the fact that they were from the Orient and that's why they were smarter than everybody else and yeah, um, I don't think that would fly today. Well, you know what happened? It didn't go it didn't go bad for the teacher. It went bad for the poor kid. Oh, cuz you put up put somebody up on a pedestal then yeah, yeah it's a long ways to fall. Kid didn't ask for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh yeah, not, not not at all. Well, but what about within our recovery communities and what about um even within the church? Uh, and, and members of, of faith. I mean, I got to tell you, and I've been guilty of this, sometimes things have come out of my mouth that were less than kind. Yeah. You know, usually out of frustration um, where it got away from me before I could grab it, mm. <laughs> you know, and I thought, wow, that was not helpful. Um, you, you know, uh, so I want to look at, uh, I want to look at some sacred writings um, and and whether you're a, a person of faith or not, there's a lot of wisdom in this statement. This comes out of the book of James in the good book, chapter 3, verses 4 through 5. It says com it compares the tongue to the rudder on a ship, right? It may be a small part of the ship, but it's very important. If you were given a, a tour of a ship by the captain and you pointed to the rudder and asked, what does that do? The captain probably wouldn't say, oh, nothing. 
It's just a rudder for steering the ship, but it really doesn't matter which way it's turned. God knows our hearts Mm. uh, on this ship. And when we sail, we get where we're going because our hearts are right and our motives are pure. Well, you can have pure motives, right? But if the rudder is turned in the wrong direction, you're going to sail the ship in the wrong direction. Uh, Your life is going to go in the direction of your words. If you want to turn your life around, turn your words around and get them to work for you instead of against you. Now, I am not a person who subscribes to the prosperity message of just name it enough times and it'll come true. I don't necessarily buy that baloney. Okay. The the name it and claim it. The name it and claim it movement, you know, but, but I will say uh, that if, if we are indeed made in the image of our creator, Right. And he spoke the world into existence. Then I think there's some weight to the fact that we speak our world into existence. And if we're constantly speaking in the negative, if we're constantly, uh, you know, whether it's towards other people or or ourselves. Right. We kind of create our world. Right. You know, Um, I know that 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 people that are offended by every little thing are offended by every little thing. Mm hmm. Uh, and they're usually people that are constantly being offensive mm. um, towards every little thing. Words do hurt us. What we say matters because our words express our emotions, what we are thinking and feeling. So when somebody says, oh, I didn't mean that, that's not true. When I say something, I, I mean it. Now, I, I may be regretful I said it, and I realize that's really not my heart. But I said it because there was an element of me that meant it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it. Um, so it does show what we're thinking and feeling to some degree. Those emotions are read by others and influence how others respond to us, learn from us, reflect us. This is part of the empathy process. We typically think of empathy as a caring feeling, but that's compassion. Okay, Empathy is neutral. It is how we interpret and experience others as a process. Words that are demeaning and insulting are felt by others as, guess what? Demeaning and insulting. So if you speak demeaning and insulting words, whether you think you meant it or not, it is interpreted as demeaning and insulting. Right. Right? Right? Um, So let's talk about our experiences a little bit. Okay. How, How has your experience been... And we touched this on a little bit last week with with your story when people from your past uh, had a nickname for you that what was less yeah, than yeah. flattering and how you've grown past that. If they call you that, they call you that, you know, a uh, big deal. Yeah. Um, but it was a process for you to learn your own emotional sobriety, getting past that, you know, where it, it, it bothered you to the point where it was affecting your day. Yeah. Um, but still today, I mean, we have people in our lives that we've been told or we we assume actually care for us and about us that they can kind of be cruel sometimes, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Has that happened to you? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I have to uh, have to pick. We don't need to name names yeah, or anything. Yeah, there's, but there's, a, there's a proper way of going about letting people know, hey, you know, that 
that's not that's not that's appropriate. Not cool. yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to and I'm not saying I've always done this because sometimes I just blow my top and I'm like, hey, and I, I lose sure. it. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, the, the pause, you know, take a moment, calm yourself down and then address it. Yeah. When I do that, it works a lot better than me just going, you know what? Yeah. And blowing my top over it because, yeah. What about coarse jesting? Um, and for those who may not know what that means, that means joking around in a harsh manner. Um, and, and some people will do this really believing that no harm is being done, but it it can be very demeaning to people, and you may not even realize you're doing it. So the Bible talks about avoid coarse jesting, avoid too much teasing, and you know that uh, hey loser, how you doing? You know, uh, that, you know, talking down to people, but you don't really mean it, but you think it's funny. There, there was a lot of that when I was growing up. Right. And uh, a lot directed at me. Yeah. And I took took it on after a while, you know, like, and I just, that became my identity somewhat, uh, you know. Uh, the, yeah. I, I, I haven't thought about that. But yeah, uh, so that hmm, court gesturing is that what you Co- mean? Coarse jesting. Court jesting. Yeah. Oh, no. be, being coarse, being being harsh, and you're joking around. Maybe that's why I said gesturing. Like, yeah, court gesture. Like, like, like a gesture. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, man, my brain is on slow today. Is it on slow? Uh, yeah. Pound some more of that coffee, yeah, brother. There we go. <laughs> well, what I mean, so. Some of the most popular comedians in the world, the one that comes to mind to me, and I'm aging myself a little bit, is Don Rickles. Don Rickles was one of these guys, for people that don't know, his entire routine was putting you down. He was, right? he it was, was short and bald, right? Yeah, short and bald guy. It, he, was, he, he delivered insults that the audience just came unglued, roaring in laughter over, right? And... For the most part, I, I think it was taken well because it was Don Rickles. If Don right. Rickles insulted you, that was a compliment, right? right? There's a, uh, Howie Mandel. I, I, uh-huh. I'm a huge fan of Howie Mandel. Uh-huh. And uh, he uh, he did a, an interview or, or maybe maybe I was reading it in one of his uh, articles or in a book, I don't know, which is highly unlikely. I don't read books. But um, uh, I was reading and he said that... Um, Somebody commented on how funny he was and where did that humor come from? Uh-huh. And uh, he said, from pain. Mm. And, and and they asked him to explain and he elaborated on it and he said, uh, I had to find a way to deal with with the the inner pain, which which I consider which I in my life I call demons. Inner demons are uh-huh. they're just awful. The pain that Yeah. And, and and sometimes people turn that into humor or jokes and while trying to mask that pain sure. with jokes and stuff, they're not aware that they're causing other people pain. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that made me think of. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or being offensive in a joke to get, to get it out before somebody, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll shoot the first shot, you know, kind of deal. You bet, you bet. So I, I was at a, I was at a, a, a completion ceremony last night um, 
uh, of three gentlemen that had completed um, a, a, a one-year-long residential, uh, faith-based residential treatment program. That's awesome. And um, one of the guys who I had become very close with and, and still am, um, his whole his whole acceptance speech of his diploma, right, was all based in humor. Mm. And it, it became obvious to me that, that this is how he dealt with his nervousness of mm. being up front. Yeah. You know, because he told me, he says, I, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry, but I think I may need to at some point, but I don't want to do it in front of everybody, right? And I could tell he was using humor to... to to keep from falling apart. Like a defense mechanism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a protection for mm-hmm. him. And I could appreciate that, right. you know, because I know him. But he said something, and it, it had the whole audience roaring. Um, and I laughed really hard. And my boss looked at me, and he just thought it was the, the most hilarious thing ever. But it was a put-down. Oh. But it was done in jest. Okay. Right? Some might think that was it was coarse jesting. I didn't take it that way at all because I know the guy, and I totally identified with what he said. So he says, he says I'm not. He says I'm not going to spend too much time on you, Monty, because I think you know how I feel about you, and that is, you're as just important to you as I am to me. <laughs> you know, you know, him. I looked at my boss, and he was like, "Whoa!" It was like that's a bus he just got yeah. thrown under. You know, which which speaks to my ego. And I and I've talked to the guys before. I'm all I think about all day long. Right, right, right. Um, but he used that as 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 he was admitting to all of us that he thinks pretty highly of himself, and he had to kind of bring me in on that too. Right. It, it was it was genius. It really was, you know. But there was a time in my life when that would have really hurt. Yeah, it didn't at all. I mean, I just I reveled in. It. I thought it was awesome. That's, I thought it was great. That is funny. Yeah. Part of the reason I thought it was great was because it brought attention to me. <laughs> yeah, if I be honest, <laughs> right? Um, it, it, you know, and it brought attention to him too. Um, so. I think it's proven out that we learn and we grow up and we learn how to get past some of these things that are meant in jest. Mm -hmm. But what about the things that are deliberately hurtful are meant to tear down? Um, Man, those can be rough. And we've, I mean, I've experienced it within my 12 step meetings. There's a specific group that I went to for years that to this day, I, I just can't go there. Yeah. And most of the people that did the hurtful stuff aren't even there anymore. So it's like, Monty, why did, why can't you get over it? Just go. It it soured me, mm. right? I mean, even when I drive by the building, I just go, ugh, um, because it was very toxic and it was cruel and it was intentional because of my faith in Jesus. It was a heavy-handed spirit of persecution they they made it very clear that anything i had to say was not welcome in that meeting Hmm. even if i didn't talk about jesus which i very rarely ever in fact i don't think i ever did except for to quote page 11 in the big book where it talks about jesus you know and so Hmm. it was that their problem sure it was should i keep 
keep that out of my chair at a meeting? No. So I started going to other ones, right? Right. But I, I and I, I've alluded to this before, um, it even got so bad at one point where I'm pulling out of the parking lot and a person threw a rock through the back of my windshield. Uh, and told me, you know, we don't we don't want Jesus freaks in here, which was something that was stated to me at the very second AA meeting I ever attended in Stockton, California. Really? I had a Christian T-shirt. There was a T-shirt with a fish on it, and it was the second meeting I'd ever been to on the other side of town. The first meeting was incredibly welcoming. Same T-shirt, everything, same fellowship, different meeting. Yeah. The second one I went to, guy looked at my shirt and told me almost word for word the same thing that was told to me at that meeting not too many years back here in Oregon. So that brought up a lot of past stuff. And those people, right, they didn't they they were like, Oh, just get over it. But they didn't understand what kind of pain that brought back. Right. Hmm. So maybe we need to and, and I'm talking to people too that that are people of faith that put down people in our recovery circles that maybe they they don't have a higher power they they don't even recognize god in their life at all and they're very critical of them and and right. they 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 throw them under the bus yeah i i don't know i i do know <laughs> uh, that when the topic of higher power yeah is is brought up in a meeting uh, I have no qualms about saying, you know, Jesus is my higher power. Sure, if that's the, your the, experience, the holy, right? The Holy Trinity, right? Yeah. And uh, But I'm also not sitting there judging. It's not my place to. Right. Uh, somebody else's higher power. Um, you know, that I've heard everything from the doorknob to good orderly direction, group of drunks, you yeah. know. Or a God of my understanding. Yeah. And and, and that, you know, it says a God of our understanding, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't say of mine or of, you know, it has to be understood by all of us and it has to be the same thing. And that's what, so, I don't know. It's, there are uh, certain topics in meetings, though, that that raise the hair on some people's heads, right? And that's one yeah. of them. The higher power, the yeah. God thing. That's one of them. Um I, I think the the times that I've seen that it raises the most yeah the most uh, uncomfortable uncom uncomfortability yeah is that a word yeah sure it is uh, now okay yeah <laughs> uh, is when there's an individual or individuals who don't have a higher power mm -hmm. and then they're hearing or or just choose to say there is no God. Right. Or, or and, and they're hearing everybody share their experience or who their gods are mm -hmm. and how that helps them. And it, it almost like it, it, like it's boiling them inside, you know? And uh, that's, the only, that's the only... Do you feel uncomfortable for them when that uh, happens? No. Well, I guess, yes, a little bit. Because I have. A little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel a little bit uncomfortable for him, but then, you know, uh, even though my higher power has been the same since, you know, yeah. I, I was a little boy, it my relationship with Jesus has grown and developed uh -huh. over time. And so, you know, 
in my mind when I'm when I'm hearing pe- things like that, like oh, I don't have a higher power, you know, or right. I, I'm still looking for my higher power. In my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. At least they're open to to developing a right. relationship with a higher power. Right. And uh, so I guess in my in my head, I just kind of say my own little silent, you know, God help them, you know, little prayer and. Sometimes, and, I, and I'm a born-again, Bible-thumping, believing Christian, but I'll sit in a meeting, and if somebody gets so Jesus-specific in the meeting, I start feeling uncomfortable for the other people. Yeah. And sometimes uncomfortable for them, because I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. They're going to get blasted somewhere, mm-hmm. some, and I, I can feel the angst in my own chest. Like, I, I Yeah. No. Know? Come to think of it, I, I was just a, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was in a meeting like that recently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it it gets to the point to where you're like, okay, yep. And then after that share, you're like, oh. Yeah. What's coming now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you just kind of sit there and hold on. and Right. That, 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 that topic just seems to, to have that. I think I know why. Yeah. Um, and, and I wouldn't share this in a meeting. It wouldn't be appropriate. Okay. But I'll share it on, on this show. Jesus will offend. Right. Right? The, the Bible says so. Yeah. He's a man that, he, 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 he's the guy that makes men stumble and a stone that makes men fall. You're going to stumble into his arms or you're going to fall over yourself. You know, um, the reason that other deities, faiths, belief systems and so forth don't offend anybody because people talk all day long about Buddhism or grandfather or Native American way or or Scientology or or metaphysics or whatever. And nobody gets up in arms. Right. But as soon as somebody says Jesus, they freak out many times or they become very uncomfortable. I think it's probably because it's threatening because he is the God who is God. Mm. And there's a defense against that because that if if we if we buy that, then we have to give up our rights and our uh, you know we, we we become submitted to him as our director in our life, and we don't like to do that. Do, do you think it's because if if people had you know say Jesus is is God, right? Then then they have to admit that there's some accountability that they have to yes. face. And I think that that's that's probably one of the keystones to why they are like, nope, no, Jesus can't have Jesus. Cause right. I don't want to be held accountable for the 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 things I do. You know, I don't want I don't want to to be like, yep, that's wrong. I don't want to have to sure. admit that. I don't want to have to face that. And, and not to say that some of these other belief systems don't have accountability. Right. In, right. in them. Right. Um, but then the other piece is that we have an enemy of our soul that wants to keep us from Jesus. Yeah. Those other things don't pause a threat. Right. But when we're talking about the truth, that pauses a threat. And so I think that's why that happens. Just my opinion. Um, I I have friends that are agnostic who, you know, A meaning no, not Gnostic meaning knowledge. They just don't know. They admit they don't know. They're not going to say Jesus isn't who he is, but right. they're not sure that he is. And, you know, to quote the Doobie Brothers, Jesus is just all right by me kind of belief system, right? I've got friends in AA, very, very good friends, uh, close friends that are of that belief system. And I, 
I don't argue with them. Right. I, I don't have words uh, coming out of my mouth, putting them down. or anything. I don't think that's Jesus with skin on at all. Um, sometimes I get concerned for him. Right. You know, but yeah. So so what's coming out of our mouth? You know, if we are people of faith, whether we're whatever faith we are. Are we are we being kind? Is what's coming out of our mouth going to be helpful to another person? There's other topics in meetings that raises the hair on people's head. You know, the redundant statement, drugs and alcohol. Well, that's like saying Boda bag. Boda means bag. Or like saying the El Camino, right? <laughs> El Camino is the Camino. You're right. saying the, the El Camino. Drugs and alcohol. Alcohol is a drug. Right. You're saying drug drugs, you, you know. But for lack of a better term, or we could say narcotics and alcohol, right? But that is a bone of contention for a lot of people. And people get really upset, right? Many times, if you bring up the topic of other substances within certain fellowships, you know, like particularly in AA, there's a lot of really, really old school guys. But the big book talks about other substances. Oh, I know it. And, well, and so I, I... But how many people actually read and retain what the big book says today few few but, but okay so but the big book does refer to it other does. substances and that would be my next statement if somebody said this is aa it's this is alcoholics anonymous i'd be mm -hmm. like but the book refers to yeah check your book right you know and and i would have no qualms doing that even if it was an old timer or you know somebody that Sometimes I feel like there are authority heads in the program just because they've been around mm -hmm. for a while, mm -hmm. uh, not because of the quality of their sobriety. The bleeding or, deacon yeah, mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if it was one of those, you know, yeah. I'd be like... Would you correct them in a meeting, though? No, no, no. And and that's that's something I was... I've been corrected in a meeting. And, yeah, it's horrible. And and it's it was right after one of my shares. Uh, and and it, it happened like twice in a row mm -hmm. two, two meetings in a row and I finally went to the guy and and we talked about it okay well I talked he talked uh, I raised my voice he yelled mm. and, but I don't think that a meeting is the place to correct somebody, correct somebody. Right. no uh, uh, what I was also taught is my five minutes Mm -hmm. is my five minutes and it's none of my business what the next man what, what, his, what five his five minutes, minutes is right. if if there's something in there that I can that I can grow from or I can use then great if not that's his five minutes sure don't don't cut him down for sure it, you know we're all in a different part in our recovery in our sobriety, yeah. you know, you may have 20 years and I may have 30 days and there might be a day where, you know, your recovery with 20 years, you feel like a fish on, on yeah. dry land. Yeah. And, and I'm like, man, this is great. You know, and I'm holding on to the, you know, I'm reading the big book and I'm doing the steps. I'm, I'm working with the sponsor and, and you know, the, the old timers struggling, you know, and I, I've, I've noticed that in recovery. Yeah. You know, so. 
Well, and, and so so I, I'll tell myself there was a guy that was very. Uh, he was very adamant about we don't talk about drugs in an AA meeting. And I, I, I kept scratching my head because we do talk about drugs in an AA meeting. Alcohol is a drug. We talk right. about alcohol all the time, right? Um, according to the literature, those things are symptoms. And we're going deeper than that. So, and of course, alcohol is only mentioned, you know, in the first step, right? Mm-hmm. But, but so we actually do talk about a drug in meetings. And so in my head, I'm focusing on that. I'm focusing on correcting him, mm-hmm. right? Missing everything else he had to say. And he had a lot of good stuff to say. And I was missing it because don't you know what you just said was wrong? And I'm calculating in my brain how I'm going to respond to you. Is that like throwing the baby out with a bathwater? Yes. And so I think a lot of times we got a lot of calculation going on and how we're going to respond to somebody's share. And we're missing what they're really saying or what they're not saying, which which if you listen really close, that can help you be helpful to them. Right. Right. And um, and so at one point I just had it with this character and in the meeting I responded after he just threw on, thrown somebody under the bus. I thought, OK, now it's your turn, buddy. I was like, all right. So according to the to Alcoholics Anonymous, and I quoted the piece of literature that it said, alcoholism is an addiction, right? And according to the American Medical Association, alcohol is a drug. The last time I looked in some of the literature from New York, from the New York office, they concur with the American Medical Association. Therefore, if alcoholism is an addiction and alcohol is a drug and you're an alcoholic, you are a drug addict. Mm-hmm. I yeah. said that to the guy. I shamed him in the meeting mm. and corrected him when I said that. And I saw the look on my sponsor's face and I thought, I'm going to get taken to the woodshed after this meeting. Yeah. I had no business doing that to him. What he was doing was inappropriate, and I was fighting fire with fire, and I, I had no right to do that. And I owed him an amends, and I, I, I made an amends to him. Now we, now we joke about it, right? But we do that. We calculate what we're going to say. And, and, and whether it's in a meeting setting or a recovery campfire or a counseling session, you know, or we're or we're sponsoring somebody. Are we calculating what we're going to say and not really listening to what the person's saying or not saying, so we can be helpful? You know, I I read I read in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous over and over and over again this running theme in here that is not about alcoholism, but is about our job of being helpful to the man who's still hurting. It's, it's woven in the tapestry of this literature everywhere, right? And never more apparent than in the fourth step, not surprisingly enough, right? Um, one, one of the paragraphs in the fourth step in, in how it works, it says, It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to fatality and unhappiness. When I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to correct you, that's that's more the bricks and mortar of my resentment building. Right. Yeah. Right? Um, to the precise extent that we permit these, I'm allowing this to happen in my brain. Right? We do squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. Worthwhile for what? To be helpful. Right. Giving that space rent-free. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, this is my favorite part in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, this was our course. This means this is the direction we're going to go. This is the road we're going to go down. When we realize that the person that wronged us was perhaps spiritually sick, it doesn't say if they wrong us. It says when they do, right? So we realize the guy's sick. Well, if somebody's sick, if you've got any empathy at all, if you've got any compassion in any bone of your body, you're going to want to be helpful, right? Right. Though we did not like their symptoms, that guy that I corrected, that was just a symptom. That wasn't his real problem, right? Uh, and the way they disturbed us. So we don't even like the way they disturb us, right? They, like ourselves, were sick too. Wow. Now the playing field's level. So then it says, we ask God. That means we're going to pray. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful? What's coming out of your mouth? Is it helpful? Mm. Are you calculating what the what the person is saying so you can calculate how you're going to respond? And I got to say, I'm learning that if I'm doing that, maybe I shouldn't share that day. Maybe I shouldn't respond. How am I sharing my experience, strength, and hope by correcting you or doing that that subtle correction, right? And here's one of them. Well, for me, mm. okay, what are you really saying? I hear what you're not saying. Mm-hmm. You're saying you're wrong, I'm right, and I'm going to share how I'm right. Well, for me and my recovery, I, I don't see it that way. I do that as if that prerequisite, that 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 precursor rather that for me makes it okay for you to be a knucklehead and and be filled with lack of understanding for what the guy just shared. You don't have to agree with what he just shared. You don't have to buy into it. You may even see where what he's sharing could might be harmful to the rest of the group. There's all sorts of ways to deal with that. But to correct them in the meeting, if you're not going to say something that is helpful, then zip it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got to say about that. Makes sense. <laughs> so, anything you want to add there, brother? Uh, just, yeah. Be kind. Uh, you know, I had a sponsor who, uh, he had me uh, in the, because I wasn't being kind. Right. And I, I was kind of picking at people. He had me open up my book. And he goes, what do you have written on the inside cover of your book? And I go, nothing. He goes, great. And he had me grab a highlighter. Yeah. And uh, in big, bold letters, love and tolerance Mm -hmm. is our code. And he goes, I want you to open your book every day and repeat that out loud. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. Am I being love and tolerant? Or am I just tolerating you? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So if that's our code, if that's our motto, if that's if, if that's what we're living by, you know, and I don't know, Anthony, I, I, I and I tell this to the guys out of the Adult and Teen Challenge Center all the time when they're struggling with each other. There's only one way to learn how to deal with difficult people. 
and that's being thrust in the middle of difficult people. Mm -hmm. You want to change your behavior. You want to change your heart. You want to change your desire towards how you feel about others. And you see the value in that. You absolutely must learn that on the battleground. That means in meetings. Mm -hmm. That means at recovery conventions. That means at service conventions That where people are bickering about how to chair this thing and that thing and ad hoc committee arguments. And those things, they're important to have. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're important for people to have differences of opinion. So we learn how to maneuver each other's differences of opinions and still have peace and serenity and be in touch with our authentic self. Absolutely. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Alan Berger talks about a lot um, in uh, his workshop that we did here called Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety. He is the author of the book, uh, 12 Stupid Things That Mess Up Recovery, 12 Smart Things to Do When the Booze and Drugs Are Gone. Um, he's, he's just uh, a very wise man. If you would like to uh, listen to the, those workshops, visit us at take12radio.com. Click on Recovery Workshops and step-by-step step toward emotional sobriety will be there and you can listen to all those for fun and for free and download them. Uh, but he's very adamant about the fact that we do feel these things, but how are we responding to them? And how are we treating each other? What are we saying? Is what we're saying helpful? You know, the good book talks about whatsoever things are pure and righteous and holy and of good re reproach. Think on these things. Why do we need to think on those things? So we'll speak those things, mm. right? So closing thoughts, my friend, on uh, what's coming out of your mouth. Well, I'll be more mindful of it from here on out, <laughs> at, at least for the next few days because it'll be on the top of my mind. Right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it just makes me think of, you know, the things we learned when we were kids. Yeah. You know, if it's not, if it's not nice, don't say it, you know. Right. Uh, you know, words hurt. Isn't it funny it, it we feel in kind of a twisted way we feel good about saying painful things and then we realize how bad we feel when we hear them we're kind of a mess yeah well i i'm i, I think i'm more than kind of a mess but <laughs> i'm a work in progress so <laughs> right on brother all right we wish our, our co-host denver well um yeah, get well soon don't forget uh this uh this show coming up this next Monday uh, with CADC Level 2, uh, Mr. Dave Fleming. Uh, he'll be here, and we'll have a topic for you up on social media to let you know what that's going to be. Uh, Anthony, you're welcome to be here, man, uh, if you want to sit in on that show and chime in. When is this? Uh, uh, next Monday, next the Monday? third Monday okay. of the month. Uh, we do that. and You're always welcome to help me co-host any of those shows. Okay. Um, the, uh, the following Monday, the fourth Monday is the addiction doctor, Dr. Rob Kelly, with the Rob Kelly Hour, and he will be here with his show um, as well. So our closing song uh, this week is, it's entitled Folk Singer. I really like this song because I'm kind of a nostalgic guy, right? And I hear certain kinds of music. Does that mean old? It's nostalgic? Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> What's coming out of your mouth, bro? All right, all right. <laughs> it means I like and enjoy remembering old things i better be careful <laughs> right <laughs> um 
And, uh, you know, some of the music that, that I listened to that was my favorite music was music that told a story, music that, that really touched your heartstrings. I, I didn't really care so much about the beat or the the guitar work or any of that stuff as I did the words. Yeah. I had friends who really liked all the other stuff. And then I came to appreciate both, right? Um, but this gentleman who is uh, new to, to us, we've played several of his songs already so far uh, uh, on Take 12 Recovery Radio, but Mr. Michael Bryan, who is a recovery recording artist in his own right, has written a song called Folk Singer. And it just, it just takes me back. It's just very enjoyable. So... Uh, we're going to close out the show this week with Folk Singer by Mike O'Brien. I hear a folk singer coming round the bend And I never thought I'd hear him sing again But the time changing and we're all blowing in the wind I hear a folk singer coming round on the bend and I never thought I'd hear him sing again he's been standing there
recovery sounds of Mr. Mike O'Brien. For more of Mike's music, visit his website at mikeobrien.com. Hey, listen, if you've got recovery-focused music or a positive sound that you would like to see played here at Take 12 Recovery Radio and you own the rights to that song, please let us know. Send us an MP3 to Take 12. 12 radio at comcast.net that's t-a-k-e the number 12 radio at comcast.net or you can send your cds to k-h-l-t p.o box 93 albany oregon 97321 and we may play your song on the air all right until our next broadcast this is the monty man along with the take 12 recovery radio family and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Come on this has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. This is a place Kitty, kitty, kitty. Meow, meow, meow. Woof, woof. <laughs>